What is that goddamn? What, what is that? Someone turn that shit down. Thank you. <clears throat> Grave diggings, boils and ghouls. Welcome to another episode of uh, The Dead, The Pus, and The Ugly. I am the Crypt Keeper, Clint Eastwood. Um, uh, and I'm, young ladies, if you're single, I'm, I'm, I'm single. Um, uh, Cry Macho's out in, listen, life is sometimes full of transitions. Sometimes you find yourself on stage and you're talking to an empty chair. Fuck, what, what are you, where, uh, Jack's getting married, Ken's having a birthday, something, it's the good, the pot, and the ugly, thank you. Welcome to the ghouls, the dead, and the corpsely. Special episode. That was pretty good. That was better than I was expecting. Yeah, I was. I said I, st- I stayed up all night practicing in front of a mirror. Oh, well, I I awoke from my slumber earlier this morning to do this special episode. Was that Nosferatu? No, that was the scariest thing I could think of. Klaus a German. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, surprised to see you awake this early, Jack. Uh, but it is partially in celebration for your birthday. So that's yeah, true. This is Thomas. This uh, is Ken. This is Jack. This is Ken. That's Ken. And uh, this is a special episode because it's October. Uh, Jack is becoming an adult. Um, he's turning 13. He's having his bar well, mitzvah next week. Some would say I've week. been adult my whole life. Yeah, many as times. in D O L T. I got it. <laughs> okay. And I am I am getting married also this month. Um, the spookiest thing of all. And uh, if you want to know how tightly knit this podcast crew is, uh, Jack is going to be the best man. And uh, Thomas is going to uh, be uh, not marrying us like a thruple, <laughs> but, but he'll be doing the ceremony. Yeah. Thomas is marrying you this month. <laughs> and And Andrew. And, and Andrew, who, yeah. she's the one that sang the, the theme, theme song. Has been the first a special three... guest many times. Yeah, so it's it's all very Appalachian. This and so to celebrate and... this epic month in 2021, uh, we decided to do two spooky films it's with true. with a birthday and wedding theme. Yeah, birthday's a bit, uh, eh, but <laughs> yeah. So, so we did one red, of my favorite films. Not. Yeah, people under the stairs. That's one of your favorite films? It is. Well, yeah, we're going to get into it. Yeah, that we are. a lot. <laughs> yeah, despite uh, this being a special episode, we do have a ticking time clock with Kenneth wanting to watch a ball game. Um, but I think we're going to be able to stretch this easily to three hours. <laughs> just, I think we could, we just, think we could do it. Just doing uh, Craven. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's an interesting pairing between these two. I don't know if you guys got anything else out oh, of it. So but... Thomas, we we did a double feature. We watched uh, Ready or Not, and then People Under the Stairs, and these That's both the these way movies to do it, have because you want to you want to leave on a high note. Yes, uh, but there are so many similarities between it's, these it's movies. Bizarre. They're okay. basically the same movie, except one is way better. Yeah. Um, so they both have rich folks. They both have secret passages. The heroes mm-hmm. in both wear Converse sneakers. They both have controls in the house to lock the doors and the windows. And they both have a body pit for the dead. 
And the card, Whoa. the cards at the beginning, they both have. Yeah, they have the oh, tarot man. cards, yeah. and then the car, the drawing of the cards for ready or not. Um, and they they both portray the wealthy as an other, as an almost alien form to what we consider yeah, they're, normal they're people. Yeah, they're the monsters in both movies. Even yeah. though there are other monsters, those aren't the real very monsters. Very similar. And then the, the economic anxiety at the time each movie came out, they're very reflective of that. Um, so fascinating double feature. Good job. I think yeah. uh, so. Was this your, was this your guys' first time? I thought we would normally do what we normally do, which is normally we talk about the first uh, film coming out chronologically first. Sounds good. So we're talking about uh, the we're Harry Potter birthday movie. boy and the people under the stairs. <laughs> Harry Potter and the people. At, oh, Harry Potter was under the stairs. That's true. Another parallel. Yeah, and you know, I mean, one of those guys in the basement was Harry Potter esque. Roach. Yeah. Um, was this you guys the first time seeing seeing this? Yes. No. I saw it when it came out in movie theaters in 1991. Oh, really? I was. Not I have alive. not. I have not seen it since. Okay. And then, just to be clear, uh, we're talking about people, not Mario Van Peoples under the stairs. Though right. it'd have been pretty dope if he was there. <laughs> Uh, he could have. Uh, yeah, th- this is a film that was regularly on television um, on whatever I had, like Showtime, um, and I would sneak in and watch it. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, like, like I, I think we're going to very quickly find out that it is a film that I enjoy a lot. Um, have you guys seen a lot of Wes Craven? I can, I'm just going to run through the list real fast to see if you guys, yes or no. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> The Last House on the Left. No. no. The Hills of Eyes. No. No. Dead Blessing. No. No. Swamp Thing. No. Yes. Would like to. Uh, a, night, uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. No. The Hills of Eyes Part 2. No. no. Deadly Friend. No. Is that the, the robot one? Rainbow? Wait, is Deadly Friend the robot one? Little uh, robot girl? It's the... It's uh, it's the one with like uh, yeah, like a computer prodigy. I I've seen I saw that one. Uh, the Serpent and the Rainbow, good movie. Yes, yes, that's a good one. Uh, Shocker, not a good movie. <laughs> yes, um, not a good movie. Yeah, so that was the movie uh, Wes Craven would have done before People on the Stairs in 1991, and then he follows it up with Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Mm. Which I also saw, which I she kind of which liked. is good. Uh, yeah. wasn't well received at the time, but it also is like a prequel to Scream and that meta thing that he yeah. starts to do in Scream, which is really amazing. Um, then Vampire in Brooklyn, I saw yep. that. Saw that. Have you? Do you know about Vampire in Brooklyn, Jack? Uh, I know all about it. <laughs> Looks wonderful. Oh, it is a yeah. Uh, I'm gonna start. We come over to my house later tonight. We'll watch that as well. Scream, Scream Two. <laughs> yes, yes. Music of the Heart. Scream Three. Wait, was that Cur- Scream Two? Colon Music of the Heart. Or are those two <laughs> no, separate no, movies? Music of the Heart is it? He did a. Uh, uh, Craven did a um, musical. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. Uh, Scream 3, Cursed, yes. Red Eye. Yeah, yeah. I've My Soul Wes- Take. Nope. Scream 4. Uh, no, but I, 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 it's been recommended to me many times. 
Yeah. I so, guess I've seen then, more than I thought. Uh, a lot of those kind of films that don't really exist, maybe even including Swamp Thing. Uh, but um, he would, you know, scream, help redefine the genre in like, his career. The uh, um, the year that this came out, I think, was perfect for for it itself, for its content, because it's the same year that Boys in the Hood would come out, and it's also uh, the year of the, like the Rodney King riots and the uh, I'm sorry, the Rodney King beating and the riots, which led Michael Jackson to make the black or white video directed by <laughs> John John Landis. <laughs> Yeah, that cured uh, racism. Yeah, he beat up those cars with swastikas <laughs> on them, and it it basically <laughs> solved racism for well for the rest of our lives. Well, until he died. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of, um, Wes Craven's no longer with us. So, if we ever decided to do our mini series, I've been pitching Craven Images. We could do the whole filmography and never have to watch another film. Just be able to say so definitively that we've seen all of it. That's films. true. Yeah. All right. We'll put that on the, uh, in the, in the parking lot, as they say. Never heard yeah. that. It's a corporate term. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't get it. All right. Well, should we, should we talk about either. people under the stairs? I'm, I'm really curious I... as to what Jack thinks about this movie. I don't, I don't know. I mean, we could still talk about that there's an Eastwood connection because Hillary Swank auditioned for the role of Roach. I thought Roach that was Hillary Swank. Male or female. What's that? Oh, I thought that was Hillary Swank. <laughs> Good one. Sorry, I love Hillary Swank. She's great. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah, one of my favorites. Uh, speaking of Michael Jackson, Brandon Adams, uh, he was the mini Michael Jackson in uh, the movie Moonwalker. Mm. the the kid he's quite good yeah he's a phenomenally good um we yeah. just watched a, a movie with a young teen actor the cry macho movie and um it it's amazing when you get the right kid actor in a role that um it covers up a lot that may be lacking in the movie wait there's stuff lacking in this movie <laughs> no no no, no not this movie cry macho is what he was talking about oh okay Whew, thank god yeah, um, Macho is a perfect film. Uh, I mean, uh, and the kid really carries the performance and, and covers all the cracks. So it is what Ken- Kenneth was saying. Right. This yeah, film yeah. is perfect and has a perfect kid actor, so we're fine. That's no, true. He, no, the, the kid is great, and he he really makes the movie. If it had been cast with one of those um, cloning kid actors that mug for the camera, uh, yeah. the the movie would be unwatchable. No. Um, yeah, the, 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 the kid. The kid makes the movie. The kid's great, though. I, so well, you like this movie? Kid, I, I, would I say thought all it, the kids are great. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. This is going to be on the the Halloween rotation every year now. I okay. thought it was. I thought it was pretty perfect. I, I'd say I liked it better than Scream, even. Really? Excellent. Yeah. I I loved every single thing about it. There's right. not a single moment that isn't so, so amazing. Rewatching this, what 30, 30 years later? Jesus Christ! Um, yeah, thirty years later. Um, fucking old timer. This feels like a movie to where the people who make R.L. Stein's Goosebumps gave a book called People Under the Stairs and gave it to Wes Craven and said, can you make this a, a Goosebumps movie? And he, he had never watched a Goosebumps movie. And so he made an R-rated version yeah. of a Goosebumps movie because this movie feels like it, it should because the main character is a kid. 
And it, it kind of has a Goosebumps storyline. It's got like hidden passageways and then there's a girl that's trapped. Um, even the production values are borderline Goosebumps. <laughs> and then it feels like Wes Craven like had no idea that it was, it was for kids. So he went and adapted the book. And then and put like the a movie. guy in a gimp suit and, and squibs and <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> really, really funny because uh, I I feel like if for a 13 year old, like having a sleepover, this is like a perfect movie. Yeah, because and it was. Oh, you that you're probably the right age, right? I was I was exactly the right age. I was just a year younger than full in this in this movie. Wow. Interesting. OK, so, yeah. And I I love that about it, and I also love um, uh, Ving Rhames, who is the one that brings up birthday. Birthday doesn't come up very much in this movie. Whoa, whoa! He just he says it's the first day of my thirteenth birthday or something like that. Really confusing. So is yeah. it his thirteenth birthday or is Did it he the just first day? Or, I don't know. But they do he mention did, it. He got his card. Re- his uh, his sister read his cards on his birthday. So That's that right. Ah, yeah. Okay. And talks about how. Be like in an interesting take on the Torah, uh, tarot, it's not seen as uh, an evil uh, gypsy lady uh, cursing you with it, but instead giving a um, a, basically laying out the movie and that he's going to become a man by burning away all the childish things and having this trial by fire, right? Which is not dissimilar from drawing of the card in the next movie we watched, and that also being a trial by fire in many ways literally at the end interesting both movies literally by the end oh yeah spoilers mm. <laughs> do, do you want yeah. to summarize the plot i mean it, yeah. it's a Here, fairly here's simple a quick, plot here's a quick summary two homeowners who source their protein locally defend their home from invaders <laughs> of the urban persuasion <laughs> <laughs> or a primer on the difficulty of being a modern parent ah Yes, I was taking it from Ned or uh, Ed and Nadine's um, perspective. So, Wendy Robbie and Everett McGill, who you might have seen, um, what in green font on the Twin Peaks opening? Yep, they're uh, Nadine Hurley and Big Ed Hurley from Twin Peaks, and Craven had been watching Twin Peaks. It was like, when I adapt this Goosebumps script. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna bring in uh, those two as I don't know if you saw how they're titled, what their characters' names are, but man and woman. <laughs> so throughout this, I re- I think we should just call them Nadine and Big Ed or Ed Hurley. And uh, Everett McGill's performance in this movie is ridiculously physical and over the top, um, and it, it's cartoonish. Yeah, yeah, he, a- he is really funny in this movie. But also, she, also when he puts and, on the gimp and the suit, D, he's... and Wendy Rob, uh, Robbie, she's scary, right? Like, yeah, she's uh, great. She's amazingly great. Um, I'm sorry, you were going to say the plot of this movie. I think we just we should probably just go um, probably frame by frame if we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, frame by frame. So the first frame. Okay, so the title, the titles open up. Um, on a dark screen and you start to see the letters coming through a little bit like Terminator. And at first you think that though that, that title is because they're like, uh, it's some type of special effects, right? But no, it's, if you think about it, it's the flashlights peering through the letters that are lighting them up. 
good lord. And the the uh, so the credits, as I noticed when we were watching it, are all arranged like descending stairs. Or ascending stairs. Or ascending stairs. Depending well, on which it's way It's left you're... or right, depending which way you're going. Right? Well, if you're a Japanese person, it would be ascending so stairs. So, good job, credit maker, for people under the stairs of being very literal with your credits. Yeah. Great title, too. People under the stairs. It's like, oh. So, oh, by the way, I went into this not knowing anything. I'd never heard of this movie before. I decided not to look it up or anything mm-hmm. before we watched it. And I was really hoping. I was like, this title is so good. And it's not going to be literally people under the stairs. It's going to be about like, you know, it's going to be like some social commentary about like homeless people that have to live under a staircase or something. I didn't think it was going to be. But no, when there's literally people under the stairs, it's pretty scary. Yeah. And you get that really early on with the hand coming through the grate. Yeah. Really Mm -hmm. scary stuff. So I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. So we open with some tarot cards. Fool, it's all voiceover. Uh, Fool's sister is giving him, Fool, whose real name's Poindexter, but goes by Fool, or has been is, given that name. Is his sister his, dubbed? Is she dubbed? Very, very strange line readings early on in this story where it, it almost sounded like a foreign movie that they dubbed in English. Oh. It might be, it might be ADR. I don't know if you guys saw, did this or not, but like multiple times during it, I would run it back to make sure that there wasn't like an ambulance or a police car going by my house. And it wasn't. Right. It was part of the film. Like sometimes they just, instead of having a musical score, they just have very faintly in the background some traffic. <laughs> and some uh, emergency responders. That's pretty brilliant, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, so who is? So I have a question: Is Ving Rhames his girlfriend or his sister's boyfriend? What is I his relationship so. to the family? Because he's so there there's, there's and he's a, like giving wisdom well, and whatnot. <laughs> there, there's a wild moment where okay, so we open up from that to we see like basically he's living in this one bedroom with like maybe one of his sister's kids sleeping on like on this couch and you go into the mom and you have a sick mom and then like all of a sudden he she's turns around and stuff and <laughs> she's so sick yeah uh <laughs> the cancer uh, we find out later, but we yeah. we don't know that. Oh, she we just know that she can pregnant. she can get a surgery, but she can't afford a surgery. So it's the man kicking him out, uh, and the uh, Big Ed and what's her name? It turns the... out Nadine and Big Ed are yeah. the landlords. They also own the liquor store that Vin Rames might be had knocked over a couple nights before, and right. found plans that it it he doesn't got from make the a city. lot of sense. Yes. Yeah. But also, but the craziest, like one of the craziest things is that the kid just turns around and Vin Rams is chilling there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like, I let myself in. <laughs> he's like, he's like uh, a very big Jiminy Cricket kind of uh, pushing the little Pinocchio kid into doing a crime. Right. Yeah. The famous crime story, Pinocchio. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I love Vin Rams and it's great to see him very young. Yeah. yeah he's fantastic previous, in this. His movie preceding this one was Jacob's Ladder. So I'm glad he didn't get cast strictly as a horror guy. Yeah. Like the mm. guy who plays Candyman who shows up in um, the Final Destination Tony, movies. Tony Todd. Never saw so, Candyman. Yeah, we kept... Oh. Well, Sorry, dude. We'll, we'll do a double feature that and. <laughs> Uh, the dentist. Yes, <laughs> I think it's what it was called in France. Marathon Man. 
Yes. Uh, yeah. So we get the we get we cut to the landlords that they're talking about, and it's just a very domestic scene, right? Big Ed's eating like what looks like a rack of lamb. Yeah, it's really spitting gross. Out really disgusting. And spitting out buckshot. I I love that because. Yeah, you only right? see him from behind at first, and the camera's like slowly pulling in, but you can still tell it's Big Ed because of the weird shape of his head. Yes, and the the but very also, distinctive Ronald Reagan black hair slicked back. Yeah, <laughs> cannot be a coincidence. This came out in 1991. Oh, interesting. And he calls her mommy, which Reagan did call Nancy mommy. Really? So, yeah. Did you make that up? No. Oh, is that like on file? But I think Nancy wasn't his sister. <laughs> Well, oh yeah, yeah, you find out that uh, they're siblings. Yeah. So both these movies have a little bit of uh, possible inbreeding in them. Uh, Ed, with a, with a mouthful of meat, says something like, more money, more meat. <laughs> uh, and then he spits out the buckshot with the damn buckshot, which is great. Like, I didn't, you know, being a yes. kid, I didn't pick it up the first time that I watched it. But this movie is eminently rewatchable. I wrote my, my note after that scene was subtlety is not on the menu. Yeah. <laughs> which, but if, you if you're okay with that, you. But you don't know where that's going to come from. You don't know where that's going to play in. So I. I'd like, and I wrote down a lot of the um, uh, fake outs and the moves that Fool does throughout the movie for like a like a, um, a supercut here at the end. But we still have an hour of talking about this movie before we can, we can move on. So, <laughs> well, uh, it looks so, like okay. So we cut back to Fool. Uh, Vin Ramsey says, "Like I have a way you can make some money," and you see Fool running down the street with a paper bag, right? And it looks like he's. He's he's going through all these junkies. He's going through like some hard streets. He's going up these stairs, and I'm thinking he's running drugs. Yeah, right. Well, he kind of is. He kind of is, isn't he? Well, for no. He mom. comes in. and He has like milk for no. I think it was milk for the uh, uh, for some eggs or something. Right. It was like a grocery run, is what I thought. I thought it was it was meds for his mom, <clears throat> but I guess they don't have money for meds, so that makes. But sense. But he's also not he's also not getting medicine. Like from the, he's not doing the thing that Vin Rames had set you up to think that he was doing, right? Which is probably writing some drugs. Instead, right? Uh, we get uh, that yeah, things are bad, um, and we end up going into uh, like you think the fool's going to join up with Vin Rames before we cut to the scene with the first time we see her, uh, the daughter wearing a white in dress in her room. With the, oh yeah, uh, other parallel with the all other the, movie. Yeah, both feature a main character that's wearing a white dress that gets torn uh-huh. in a narrow passageway. Interesting, very interesting. Basically, one's a remake of the other. Yeah, but worse. Well, we'll talk about it. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we could cut ahead a little bit because she's. You find out that there's a hand that comes through the grate, right? Uh, and very ominously, little... Nadine says that she's been feeding the thing in the walls again. Which yes, is, which is. Ugh. And they, they, you know, yeah, they it's just so say like gross. it's like oh, you've been feeding the thing on the walls again. It's like okay, that's normal. Yeah, did you lick this plate clean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she can't find the fork, and you see her freaking out. And you think maybe it's just like a really strict family, right? Because of the framing in that first scene where they're in the fireplace, she's sewing, uh, Big Ed's eating this big rack of of ribs, uh, and then you cut to this, and you think that maybe it's just like this very prim very controlled uh 
maybe unhealthy parenting of this of this young girl until you see the hand go come come through the grate and hand the fork and then you're like holy shit is this a monster movie right right and what's going to happen cuz then the next scene we find out they're going to try and you, you see how they're going to break in and you're setting up for something in the walls perhaps attacking them Right, and what's amazing about this f- film is that the monsters kind of are the people under the stairs, but they're not exactly. They're more the the brother and the sister, Nadine and Big Ed. Yeah, but the, but the people under the stairs still are hungry, and they still are uh, a danger to Fool and to the white dude who comes in with them, and to uh, Vin Rames. So I, I don't know. Did you do you have this on DVD, Thomas? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. so we we watched this on um, Peacock, our, our new sponsor. Shout out uh, with commercials, um, and then a- after they initially break in and um, fool goes down the stairs, and uh, he finds um, the white guy that broke in before him, his body, and then all the the zombie guys are like reaching out and groaning and moaning. So. <laughs> Fool finally gets up to the top of the stairs after uh-huh. being and and shuts the door. It cuts to a commercial. I shit you not. <laughs> a title on the screen for Airbnb. The title is an Airbnb story. <laughs> uh, oh, it's perfect. I uh, yeah that that might be the best commercial break I have ever seen in my entire life, and I'm 73 years old. So, uh, but. <laughs> That's yeah, that was pretty than, funny. <laughs> when they used to do all the uh, commercials for the for World War II and the Allies in front, whenever you would go watch movies in the theaters. Oh yeah, with the train yeah. that would come at you. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rames gets uh, Rames gets to deliver the line because uh, fools like maybe they left or maybe Spencer. I think that's the white guy's name uh, left, and Rames says. Maybe the president is making me the secretary of pussy. <laughs> but Which was so not in R.L. Stein's original. <laughs> no, yeah, his lines early on are... 13th birthday is unlucky. Too old to get tit, too young to get ass. <laughs> yep, there's your birthday connection. Yes. Good job. Uh, uh, and speaking uh, of pussy, uh, what happens is um, there's a Rottweiler coming at him when they start to break into the house. Prince, Prince uh, the dog, uh-huh. worst guard dog of all time. The yeah, kid uh, fool jumps up, says something because he's attacking Vin Rames. When the many times Vin Rames is going to get fucked up or attacked, and the kid's going <laughs> to save him during this whole sequence, and he says, "Your mom slept with a cat." Which seems like something that might come out of that first draft from the Goosebumps. <laughs> so the dog gets upset and chases him. He jumps up and he grabs the door frame. The dog runs underneath and he like, closes the door behind him. Right? Very slick. Uh, so now you have uh, Spencer who had gone into the house who, uh, after Fool couldn't get in the first time pretending that he was a Boy Scout... Uh, Spencer's gone. Vin Rams and them uh, break in to make sure that uh, Spencer isn't running off with the gold that they supposedly have in this house. This, this uh, significant amount of wealth that's supposed to be stored there. And at one point, uh, they split up. And at one point, um, Fool walks in this living room, the same living room that we see from the very first scene with Nadine and Big Ed. And he says something like, man, there's room for like 10 families in here. Yeah, yeah. 
which I don't know, maybe houses uh, were reasonable back in the 90s before they made more and more McMansions. Uh, or maybe human beings were smaller. But well, I, ha- I have a theory. That house didn't. That house didn't look as epic as it seemed. Like they wanted to make it like the Ready or Not house. Yes, and I, I think that may be a budgetary constraint from script to screen because well, the house is n- because when they're driving by uh, initially, they're like it just goes on forever. It's this and tiny ass rundown it's, house. It's, it's just a house. Uh, yeah, I, I think that probably the reason for that is in my research for Ready or Not, uh, kind of spoilers, but they weren't allowed to like touch anything in the house or even light the candles because the people who owned it had to have their servants do it because it was like a historical building. And I think in this, because so much of the house gets fucking destroyed, like it gets blown up, the windows get blown out, there's uh, uh, Big Ed's shooting through the walls, so I think that they're just like, yeah, we gotta have a normal looking house to be able to destroy it from the inside out throughout the course of the movie. Yeah, that makes yeah, they sense. had a six million dollar budget in nineteen ninety one dollars. So I don't know. Maybe they bought that. Maybe they bought like four houses that looked the same, and then uh, with the remaining five point nine million dollars, shot the movie. <laughs> cheaper back then. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I forgot who I was talking to. I, I, I'm sorry, Jack. But. <laughs> With houses. But yeah. Can oh, I make right. a recommendation? Can I make a recommendation talking about that that scene where they break in? Um, I should consult my lawyer first, but go ahead. Oh yeah, uh, live a little dangerously. You're turning eighteen, man. You should. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna suggest that you cherish the moments of life and make the most of every everyone. Make them all special. Treat yourself, right? So the next house you buy. So maybe later this month. Um, <laughs> because because you know it's your birthday so maybe you're buying yourself a couple houses right when you take it oh i want you to do is go up there with your lawyer after you close take a crowbar <laughs> either to the front or the back door stand there with them because you want an audience and then pry that door open with that crowbar and then quote vin rames i done broke this house's cherry <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, for the little screen time he has in this before he gets uh, 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 horribly dispatched, he is a wonderful screen presence. He's hilarious. Yeah, and then uh, his his corpse, which is uh, gutted. Oh, man, is, so gross. Is not used very uh, respectfully. No, yeah. it's not. And it also doesn't look very real. No. <laughs> it's like a big rubber prop. That's because it is. <laughs> also, so for some uh, reason... They they pull their van in and get out of their van uh, looking for Spencer and then Nadine and Big Eyed come home, right? Yeah, yeah I didn't understand and, why they parked in the driveway. It doesn't make yeah, it doesn't sense. make a lot of sense, but it does make it convenient when the police show up later. So what ends up happening is they're trapped in the house, right? Um, and the uh, Big Ed's punching at the door, trying to get it open. They're able to get Prince the dog in. Which I keep thinking like it's it should be like that male female symbol, or the dog formerly right. known as Prince. Well, um, I mean, I th- I think every time the dog appeared, there should have been a musical cue like with Raspberry. Beret I think there or should something. have been more purple. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Maybe budgetary uh, reasons they couldn't they couldn't get Prince songs. I'm guessing. Oh, Prince the singer. Yes. Gotcha. You know more so about Prince. So Prince comes in, and and one of the fir- one of the, one of the another times that fool thinks quickly, smarter not harder. Uh, Vin Rames hides behind a couch with a with his crowbar, 
And he's, and he's like, fool, you stay out there. You stay out there and you're going to distract the dog. I'm going to jump around from behind this couch and hit it. And Terrible the dog's plan. coming. And this is after they tried to get out of the house. Like, they're all the houses, all the locks are on the outside of the house, which is spooky as shit, right? Like, all the yeah. uh, all the windows are, are, are graded with padlocks on the outside. Uh, there's no uh, the, way of getting the, out of this house once you get in. And the, the front doorknob door is electrocuted. Is, yeah, like some type of Home Alone shit. So... Uh, I guess it's only on the inside that it's ele- it's electric. I would hate it, for somebody to come, like, knock on the door and get shocked on the outside. Yeah, it might be a rubber doorknob on the outside. Or maybe... Which might have, got some, might of, have something to do with him in his gimp outfit. I don't know. Mm. Or maybe they have a lot of, like, LDS people showing up, knocking on the door, or Jehovah's Witnesses, <laughs> and they, they were like, we got to get rid I wonder if it would be legal to run a current through your doorknob like that to electrocute people hey hey you have too many houses to even be contemplating this i think you <laughs> consult your one of your many lawyers um mm-hmm. but no like why no of course not like you would get sued uh but what happens is the dog runs up looks at fool and doesn't isn't all that interested vin rames pops his head up to see what's going on and the dog attacks vin rames again again and so what yeah. Fool does is he grabs Vin Rames, starts pulling him, and he grabs the doorknob <laughs> and sends the current through him, through Vin Rames, into the dog to get rid of, Rid- to get the dog Ridiculous. Off of and there's three, multiple, there's, there's three different shots of each one of them going, ah, and flying in different directions. <laughs> so it's ridiculous. Really funny. It's really funny. Uh, it's it's a little bit like in Star Trek, the uh, original series, remember they're getting hit and they all kind of sway because uh, so you can oh, yeah, yeah. there's motion going on. Uh, yeah, they're all vibrating at different frequencies. Uh, uh, I have to give props to the actor who played uh, Prince the Dog. Uh, very good in this movie. Great dog. And um, yeah, it's always good to have a dog without a tail because there were a couple times where it's like, oh, he's just a big friendly dog. But because you can't see his tail wagging, it's more menacing. Interesting. Yeah. Very good dog actor, though. Great dog actor. Yeah. Might be my favorite performance in the movie. So how did, I'm trying to remember, how does Vin Rames get caught? Oh, okay. So well, then, okay. So they lock, they get in, Nadine and Big Ed get in and they lock the doors down. They lock everything up. And, and Big they go, Ed they go hunting. Go for a, yeah. That's what Big Ed gets his, uh, gets on his, the machine. I think. <laughs> yeah. He, he puts on uh, the costume from... Uh, eight millimeter and starts going around with a shotgun shooting and uh, yeah. eventually gets Ving Rhames after some business. And then the kid finally gets inside the wall where he finds yeah. a, uh, a rib cage. Yeah. I was confused about that. That was from Roach eating a- another person or was that the dog? I thought it was I the know. dog. I seemed like yeah, Roach somehow was who lives in the walls. Um, uh seemed like he didn't he just ate whatever the girl would give him right and the people who were un, we find out there are there are uh, maybe a dozen people uh boys who have failed the test of hear no evil see no evil speak no evil who either have their tongue cut off like roach or i guess they're blinded I didn't see many blind ones i guess somebody had like a mask over their head so that was maybe one of the well, blind they, ones or they, they said that they cut off they cut all the important parts, so I assume that that also meant they were uh, uh, castrated. No, so, uh, oh, Jack, trigger warning. Uh-huh. Right. Trigger warning. 
Right. So oh, no, no, no tongues and castrated. Um, Big Ed and Nadine were uh, the ones who created In Sync because when the the people under the stairs leave, uh, they go on to form In Sync. I don't get that one. God damn it! I don't Too get young. it. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't bye, know. What bye you're bye bye. <laughs> That's an In Sync song. I I don't know what you're talking about. You sound crazy. <laughs> Are you? Is this up a computer jargon? <laughs> All right, never mind. Somebody um, will get my NSYNC joke and laugh. Yeah, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Podcast over. I guess we're both too young to understand. Uh, there is also the sense that, yeah, definitely the dog's being fed uh, meat because uh, at one point, Fool says, Why are they feeding you? And then the dog pukes up Spencer's <laughs> ring that we saw yeah. earlier. In the oh, really funny. So good. Really funny. But I, I, I. The dog in the nose, which. Well, I, I felt a little bad, like animal cruelty, but then I realized that people were being eaten. And so, and it was also a fake dog, that some animatronic dogs. And they're feeding human beings to uh, NSYNC in the basement, right? Yes. Because he like throws a bit of Ving Rhames into the... Uh, yeah, and that's part of the monster part, right? Is the it, that's very how unimposing survive. slats keeping them in the basement. And <laughs> I guess I guess they've put these people under their stairs and kept them alive by feeding them human meat. But then, to entertain them, they've given them all flashlights? <laughs> flashlights and CNN. <laughs> yeah, yes. they have a TV down there. Which is watching the uh, uh, invasion of Iraq, the original one. Or Kuwait, whatever they mean. Kuwait, right? Yeah. Yeah, their you battery the... bill has to be pretty bad. Mm. You'd think. Hopefully yeah, they get really name funny. brand batteries and, and not generic batteries. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or rechargeable. I was up till two playing the keyboard. <laughs> anyway, um, one of the really great twists I think early on in this is, well, also early on I realized, wait, this movie is going to take place entirely in this house, which is awesome. And then also mm-hmm. when he meets up with the girl, she's talking about Roach, and you find out that Roach is actually not a bad guy. And then you later he helps out uh, the main kid a lot. And what's really interesting I think about this is that this family like. Like, the rich family literally just has this guy running around in their walls 24 hours a day, and they only care enough to, like, like chase him around with a gimp suit occasionally, but they're, they're just letting, like, uh, their house deteriorate from the inside out, basically, which I found, I don't know, maybe there's some symbolism there, or maybe not. Yeah, Probably. it doesn't make a lot of sense to keep all the kids down in the basement, even if they, I mean, I don't know, I don't have any progeny of my own, but back when you turn 18... You have that one year grace period where if you want to be adopted, you can you can do that. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was more like they're landlords, right? And they're keeping all those people in those horrible conditions and not really caring what happens to them. Yeah. And it's kind of like the same thing with their kids in the basement, right? Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Ar- so- Arnold Stein's original idea was. That <laughs> dynamic, but. Right. Just scary people. Uh, I've walls. always, always. So what's great is you have this reversal of Roach being like a monster. Then he's not exactly a monster. And Sync being monsters, and they kind of still are at the end, but also are not. Right? Like they, they're hungry. They end up killing Nadine, but they're not necessarily evil. Like Malenstein, they're not like evil. In no, themselves. they're victims. They're evil incarnate. They're victims. They're yeah. circumstances, right? Not, not. And one like of the things I always sync. forget is because Roach is so. <laughs> I loved watching Roach on screen. And he's oh, 25 he's at the time playing 17, which is great. 
Uh, but he, uh, I always forget that he dies. Yeah, he's such a great character. Um, oh my gosh, when he takes the kid down into the furnace, when they're hiding from Big Ed, that was the most stressful thing I've ever seen. Because, like, if you're hiding from a maniac who is going to kill you, the one place you do not want to hide is in a furnace that presumably can be closed from the outside. <laughs> that was really stressful. I thought he was going to light them on fire, but luckily he didn't. Yeah, yeah he, he later uses it. that to, like, smoke them out, right? Yeah. Less but stressful, that... but still kind of stressful. So at stressful. one point during Pretty all this stressful. madness, cops show up because of the van. And the van was used in a liquor store robbery. And uh, that's how they discover that Fool's in the house because they only knew that Vin Rames was and Spencer were. But then they see the, the uh, Boy Scout suit. And that's mm-hmm. when Nadine puts it together. But at one point, she says to the cops as they're leaving, it's as if we're the prisoners while the criminals roam free. Which is... So, uh, yeah, so fucking good. Uh, right. That they, yeah, and the, the, the cop the agrees. Of the doubt. It's, it's that dirty, hairy-ish uh, understanding of, like, the world, right? Of, uh, like, oh, we just need to shoot our way out of it. Or the, there's uh, crimes all around us. There's violence all around us. We need to be scared. Stated right there on the screen. Yeah, where the people we should be scared of are perhaps the right people in front who are of standing their ground. Yeah. Yeah. The landlords were the monsters all along. Who knew? Yeah. Uh, but what's what, one of the things I think speaks well to this film that we don't uh, – we'll talk about relative to the other film here in a moment. You have <laughs> yeah, Big Ed run outside with his gun and Nadine chastises him. Never shoot your gun outside. And, uh, <laughs> Big Ed's running out because Fool, very early on in the film, noticed this uh, – like this um, – A pond. Kind of just pool, pond. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's uh, there's no like koi in it. I don't know what its use is, except for when he he escapes. He gets he climbs up to the top and he jumps out the window. Uh, right, over, runs across the the over the eave on and into this really long drop of from the second story into this pond. And the girl should have run with him, but gets scared and stays inside. Right, and she and her reactions are amazing. Like she's just phenomenal to watch on screen. She's great. Whatever, whatever. Fool says like you've never seen a brother, a brother before. She's like, uh, I don't have any brothers. He's like, no, you know, like a black guy. And she's just, it's like, you know, kids now with Nintendo and all this, right? They never get outside. <laughs> she's never been outside that house. So Alice, it just, it's a crazy to think of like what her world is. Right, but Fool it's really escapes. sad too. Fool escapes, uh, uh, and Fool escapes because and Roach had given him some gold that he had he had, had and he right, takes so he it knows to home. it's there. And he suddenly yeah. has a kindly grandfather who <laughs> comes out of nowhere. Essentially replaces Ving Rhames' <laughs> yes. part in the first scene. I loved that. But so all much. of a sudden, it's a a, a cool old granddad who uh, gives us a lot of exposition about the house and but how long it's. You been know, that's that what way. it's going to be like whenever we go to Mississippi later in the month. Ken, there's going to be people coming out of the woodwork. We're like, "Who are you again? <laughs> who are you?" That's just how. Like you can't know everybody in the film at the very beginning. You don't get like the family tree. Of course, Bill Cobbs is there, right? Of and course. he he has a small bit in Bird, so another uh, ca- uh, uh, connection there with Mr. Clint Eastwood. Another great movie. And he also is in Demolition Man, which, what a film. Uh-huh. And in Hutsucker Proxy by the Coen Brothers. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Oh, uh, yes. And, the, one, one of the many films we disagree on, Kenneth. Hutsucker Proxy? So, yeah. You know, for kids. It's not very good, though. 
Oh, well, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's successful, it. but there's a lot of great, great stuff in it. Okay. He's the one that tells Fool that, uh, the, about the legend of, of these, uh, people, uh, Big Ed and Nadine and that they're brother and sister. And that they've been this multi-generational family accumulating wealth and, and kind of sucking the ghetto dry. Right. Uh, and we learn that from those coins, most, uh, that they're going to be able to get their mom to, the, to go to a doctor and probably paid up on the rent until the year 2000. Whoa! Yeah. Uh, and so when Fool goes back, Fool decides to go back. Like he could have just, that could have been the end of the film, right? But it's not. There's, uh, he has to think about what's happening to those people in the house, right? Right. So and at this point, he he goes to a uh, 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 telephone booth. What? What's oh, a telephone booth? And he calls the police. And at this point, I'm like, wait, this kid doesn't actually expect the police to show up and arrest them, right? And then but they the do. police show up. And there's a really funny scene where they're serving them coffee and cookies and stuff. And the cops are like, well, I don't know why we thought there's anything going on here. And then you find out that maybe Fool just used them as a way to get the door open and sneak in. Very smart. Very clever. And at this, this is kind of like a turning point in the movie where it's like he's been in this hellish house. He was trapped by all these, you know, the staircase that turns into a slide and all this stuff. And then once he goes back, it's almost like he starts to use the house against them because he knows it better. Yeah, he's also using the the cops, knowing that they wouldn't do a damn thing. Exactly. In order to get back in the house. So uh, a lot it's of stuff a going on. horror movie main character that is super smart and just really, like, like using everything that he has to his advantage Rare. against these people. Why? Right? And... Maybe we'll talk about another movie later on where the main character doesn't do any of that. Maybe not, though. Uh, anyway, yeah, the, the last sequence in this movie. Uh, fucking incredible. Bonkers. So he gets, so he, uh, yeah, Nadine's like, we couldn't watch the, the back door the entire time uh, that the um, uh, Child Protective Services and the cops were here. Like, do you think any of the, any of the kids under, uh, downstairs got out? And Ed, uh, doesn't think so and they go and yeah you see uh is he in the cabinet i think he's in the cabinet he lets himself out the cabinet because she uh later the girl's in the vet hood and she lets herself out so yeah fool gets out he's walking upstairs they start to say this prayer the brother and sister man and woman Dean and big ed and they're saying this like, creepy kind of like it's uh now i lay me down to sleep that traditional kind of judeo-christian prayer uh and then you get, um, like, if I, like, murder before I wake or something, and he goes <laughs> in and he looks, and similar to 8mm, they're not there. <laughs> oh, no. Technology. Right, like just an 8.5. <laughs> just like 8.5. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a real-to-real, real, real real, real, right? Like, it's just, and they're not there. They outsmarted him, even though he was pretty fucking smart, right? Yeah. And that's where we go on a big, uh, big chase. Uh, and there's like weird stuff that happens because Alice is chained up like in the basement. And at one point, like uh, Ed grabs his crotch. I think she's in the attic, isn't she? Yeah, she's in the attic because they're at that place in the chimney after he frees her. And that's how he drops the brick onto Ed's face. Yeah. And Which then- really smart. Once once Ed goes in the fireplace and is pointing the gun, <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, yeah, that's he, so stupid. He's not the brightest. Yeah. 
The brick which miraculously doesn't kill him. So it's it, it essentially becomes an R rated uh, <laughs> reference, which is a reference to uh, smart missiles uh, from 1991. Oh, uh, uh, smartphones from 2021. Right. Or like a dumb phone. It's, it's an R rated Home Alone from, from this point, essentially. Yeah, it's like that Santa movie almost. But oh, yeah. Halloween well. themed. Yes. Yes. Yep. Also a great movie. Mm, yeah. Well, well, we'll cover it for Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you get full in with the uh, being helped by the people under the stairs, help uh, help move him around. And he finds out, like, uh, he almost blows himself up, but he figures out that, like, there's a bank safe and he's somehow knows how to, like, jumper an alarm system from his couple of hours with Vin Rames. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. No, but, uh, let's just, guys, let's just assume kid. that Ving Rames taught him how to be That's also earlier on uh he says something like he's going to be he's going to learn how to be a master thief from Ving Rames, but Ving Rames as a master thief parks his car <laughs> that he just used in another robbery in the driveway in the driveway of the owners of the property that he robbed the day before. <laughs> Master thief, though I guess. Master thief. Yeah. <laughs> he he is no James Cod. I tell you that. Right. No. He's no Vincent Cassell from Motions Twelve either. No. Ooh, I would like to see him do that <laughs> dance thing through the. <laughs> yeah. So at some point, uh, they're trying to get out, and the system says audibly, "System override, all doors locked." <laughs> Why would your alarm system say that? <laughs> it wouldn't. Okay. But, uh, well, I mean, did, do any of yours? Well, the only thing my alarm system does is bark at squirrels because it's a dog. <laughs> my cat is very similar to that movie L. Like, if somebody broke into my house and was assaulting me, it would just clean itself during that time. <laughs> uh, anyhow, Great uh, there is, uh, a, uh, Ed is coming after Fool in this uh, in this vault. And the vault, uh, we've seen earlier that the house is uh, equipped with a bunch of dynamite everywhere for some reason. Maybe for to destroy reason. the evidence if they ever it's have to get run away. It's a Scrooge McDuck uh, room filled with you know right, what it is? cash and I coins. Just, no, no, no. It's, yeah, it's a Scrooge McDuck room with a Mr. Nobody setup in case he has to leave. Remember Mr. Nobody with the, the record player, Jack? The record the player, nobody. Never puts on the record player. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, boom, boom, boom. got it. Yeah, I remember yeah. that movie. It's a good one. So, good movie. Uh, the final fake out. So we've had the uh, or the uh, kind of what I call a full move. So he had where the one where he jumps up in the doorway after calling uh, the dog, slurring the dog's heritage about cats. Uh, we have <laughs> the dog. We have him doing the smart thing of jumping from the roof into the water. We have the, him calling the cops on the child abuse. And this one is probably my favorite. It's one I keep going back to, and I always forget which movie it's from. But uh, you hear uh, coins dropping, and you're from Ed's perspective. Oh, yeah. Ed's coming, Ed's coming to kill Ford. He says like some crazy dialogue about, oh, you like filling that gold through your fingers you i've done this so many times myself just sitting there counting the money um and and he goes deeper and deeper into the scrooge mcdulk vault and uh you see that it's not full counting money 
for no good reason in a corner hidden behind some stuff. It's rather a bunch of coins stuck into a candle and the candle <laughs> wax melts. The, no the weight of them fall. Anyhow, behind Brilliant. him, full standing with the two wires that he used for the jumpers that could set off right, the Right, he's dynamite. about to cross yeah. the stream. He's like, I'm going to start your car from down here. <laughs> right. And he, he's basement. like, I don't want to kill you, man. I don't want to kill you. Uh... Just uh, we like I need you not to shoot me, and Big Ed can't handle it. And so there's the explosion. There is meantime, Medine is being eaten by the kids in the basement. Right. So she in a really funny scene, Fool's sister, right? Yeah, knocks on the door, and then uh, Nadine almost says the N word, but then an entire yeah. an entire crowd of of uh, their black tenants show up outside to protest. And then, uh, yeah, in a, in a really satisfying scene, Nadine gets surrounded by all the people in the basement, gets uh, gets torn up a little bit. Yeah. And yeah, she says, just, uh, there's no community here. All I see is a couple of... <laughs> and yeah, yeah they, they smartly It's more than a couple. It. Yeah. There's a lot like, there's of people a whole, out there. A whole lot of people. And, and yeah, the, the house whole, gets they the, they the, Yeah, they have the whole community showing up. Uh, because Fool is smart enough to maybe even trick them, tricking him to say, like, I need you guys to come, like, help me out if I'm not out, like, in 10, 15 minutes. And, yeah, the house explodes, blowing up with money. Money just shoots out the top of the chimney. Of course, as, as money often does. An it's raining money and everyone outside is celebrating. So there's an explosion. It's <laughs> made out of paper, but it doesn't burn. It just shoots out like from a, a, well, a t-shirt gun at a, a sporting yeah. event. Well, that's how it would work in real life, of course. Yeah. And, and I've then, never had that much money. But don't you like your cigars with $100 bills? Uh, yeah, I do. And then I like, throw them at the FBI off my yacht and stuff. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, the great ending shot. I, I'm someone who appreciates a great ending shot, as many of us do. Yes. Uh, the the people under the, the stairs uh, are walking through the crowd, and they, they get out for the first time ever. Bunch of zombie-looking dudes. Yeah, and then they form NSYNC and become... Oh, my God. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's Justin Timberlake's boy band before oh. he became Justin Timberlake. Oh, yeah, I don't like him. Okay, so, yeah, the joke works. Have you seen The Social Network? He's pretty good in that. Yeah, he's pretty annoying. He's kind of funny on Saturday Night Live, but... Uh... Oh, my God. Certified... Uh, do you want to do a Justin Timberlake pod? No. Because no. you're a big fan? I'm not. I hate Jesus him. Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't hate. I don't okay. hate anybody. I, well... I dislike his music and... What, you don't hate Hitler? <laughs> she did not say that. <laughs> you want to do a Hitler podcast? Shut up. Good Lord. Uh, no, I do not like Hitler. But do you hate him? I, I hate, yeah, I hate Hitler. Okay, how's Ooh, that? Thank I God. I hate Hitler. I hate Nazis. I hate, <laughs> I hate the uh, the evil landlords and people under the stairs. I hate the rich people and ready or not. I hate all the right people. Is that okay? Okay, that's all fine. Right. Thank you. I don't know. All you need is love. Uh, very. It has a pretty good last line, but you don't think I didn't think it was going to be the last line. It's a nice, like, quick ending, right? Because fool is sitting on the stairs with his sister and. I think it's with the sister and not with the uh, daughter. And somebody asks him, like, fool, you okay? And he says, he, he looks kind of, like, torn up, which, there, like, there are repercussions of things that happen, right? He seems sad about uh, Roach die. He seems sad for these people, right? Like, characters in this movie have emotions. He's right. probably sad that Vin Rames died, even though he barely knew the guy. 
And he says, and he says thought- in-laws. I feel like a million bucks yes and that you have hip hop music going and you have the you have NSYNC leaving trying to find Justin Timberlake and (laughs) is happening and it's the end of the movie woo yeah great fucking movie I love it so much cool let's let's break it down scene by scene and analyze it Did you do Google reviews for it? I do. Yeah. Are we ready? I have some Google and Letterbox for this film. Yeah. I, I want to hear. I want to hear them. I want to hear what the internet has to say. All right. So uh, on Letterboxd, Griffin says uh, gives it four stars and says, "A lovely couple must defend their home and teenage daughter when intruders break in, determined to steal her and their hidden treasure." <laughs> <laughs> I like mine better, but yeah, nailed it. Yeah, it's a pretty good uh, on. On Google, we have Victoria uh, Valadez gives it one star. Stop being rude to your daughter on this movie. That's fair. Yeah. We were pretty rude to her. Yeah. But she wasn't really their daughter either. <laughs> Cole Scortez says chicken nugget. Michelle Kwan says it's pretty chuddy. Wait, Michelle Kwan, the uh, figure skater? <laughs> Maybe. What? <laughs> it might be. What? She, she thinks the movie is pretty chuddy, I guess. Wow. And, uh... Ollie Bruce says, I like to poo. Now, uh, now <laughs> I'm guessing those were the Google reviews and not the Letterboxd yes. reviews. Yes, okay. they were. I have one more Letterboxd review, though. I was saving this one for last because it's maybe my favorite Letterboxd review of all time. Uh, it's by uh, Carl. Uh, Carl gives it three stars. And it's all in French. I can't read French, but this review is amazing. Now, let me go ahead and uh, uh, dive right in. Okay. Mais, c'est le gie qu'on plaime du film. C'était revu le couple de Ed et Nadine, de Twin Peaks and Psychopaths. Men and cola, j'ai mimu Nadine, quand c'est la folie, just du de installer des drape runners. Silencio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, that's pretty much it. Uh, thank you, France, for that wonderful review. Thank you, France. Are we going to take a short break here before we do the yeah, wedding film? Refill? Are you kidding me? No. What am I, the, the butler? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we Good got... Lord. You could pretend to be the butler from the next movie. Oh, well, yeah, we'll get into that and how much that part of the movie either sucks or is fantastic. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll be right back. Okay, I'll be right back, too. I'm staying here. Check my fantasy football scores. God damn it. Why did I put him on the bench? Idiot. Fuck. Fuck you, Bell, and your stupid castral optimizing bullshit. Every fucking week, you make me lose. Uh, if you're listening, NFL Free Fantasy, I hate you. You're the worst. Optimize. I'm never using castral oil because every time I optimize my fantasy football roster, I end up losing because the person that you make me bench scores a gazillion points. Big fail. Oh, are you still on? I was talking to the microphone. <laughs> okay, yeah. So what I got from that is that you were doing an NFL free fantasy, which I'm into. I'm into fantasy that has nothing to do with the NFL. Uh-huh. And so, I don't know. Like, you want to talk Dragonlance Saga? Um, no, I don't know what that is. 
Is it a, a dragon named Lance dragon. who like is very moody and goes to art school? And everybody says, like, what's this dragon named Lance doing in art school? I think – have you been reading a lot of YA? <laughs> I, just with with that and the Goosebumps. Uh, I just I'm heard curious. the punchline no. of a fantastic joke. I you didn't did? hear the rest. What was the punchline? Oh, I thought oh, yeah, the dragon going to art school? Wasn't that the – Oh, he said something about a Dragonlance oh, series, and I just assumed it was about a dragon named Lance that went to art school. Okay. Very moody dragon. I went to art school. All his art school friends are like, come on, blow some fire, man. He's like, it's not all I am. Right. And he walks away. It's like, that's your dream, dad, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) All right. We've pitched our next uh, YA series that (laughs) we'll write together. Yeah. Maybe Wes Craven will adapt it into an R-rated movie. (laughs) Maybe. Is he dead? Yeah, he's dead. Shit. Yeah. So, Rest in peace. Not Great the, director. Not the most active director at this point. <laughs> well, Clint Eastwood's, you know, he's still directing movies. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say I'd say Stoss, one more masterpiece left in him. No. I, it's going to happen. I've given up. Oh, I've, given up. I've given up. What about, are you excited at all for Coppola's next film? Um, Megalopolis. Wait, is he actually making it? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's uh, not at all foolish, and in keeping with any other mistakes he's made in his life, he's putting a lot of his own money into it. Jesus is when? What's the last great movie he made? Was it was it Dracula? Um, do you yeah, make Dracula's any, pretty great. Yeah, do you make anything good after that? Or he's made some. He made uh, no. Okay, <laughs> That's I mean, he I made a John Grisham, which was entertaining but really perfunctory. Right. As those movies often are. Well, you know, the Draculas and the Godfathers are like... You've watched Dracula? I love Dracula. It's a fantastic film. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Ready or not. Spaghetti or not. Ready or not. You did the research on this, right? Oh, shit. I guess I I did. I thought it was Red Eye or not. And (laughs) early flight. Right. Whether or not to take an earlier flight or maybe about digital photography like in the early days well you know i heard that you save a lot of money on those red eye flights i thought it was ready or nut a dreamworks animated film that came out <laughs> in 2012 uh about a bunch of squirrels who hear of a uh peanut vault and it's kind of like oceans 11 but with squirrels wait that's already a movie is it? It's not called Ready or Not, but there's already a... Doesn't is is Cage yeah. do the voice? Wait, what movie are you talking yeah. about? No, there's there's a movie. It's called like The Great Nut Heist or something. It's an animated what? movie about a squirrel that's planning on... Yeah. I'm not kidding. I, I, I can't even make I a joke. <laughs> nut heist. Am I, supposed to, am I supposed to watch it on RedTube? Red <laughs> no, it's called The Nut Job. <laughs> that's it. That's what? actually what it's called. Yeah. Let me no. Let me letterboxed it right now. It's a real movie. Are, are we, we're talking about Ready or Not. Right? Uh, Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> What's it called? The Nut Job, right? <laughs> yeah, it's called The Nut Job. Yeah, check don't this look out. up Ready. Or, re, don't look up Ready to Nut. That is not a film. That, Murray's Nut Store. Be talking about look at that. Look at that. He's stealing the nuts. It's a real movie. Huh. And it's like is George Clooney in it? What? No, Will Arnett is the voice of the squirrel. Wow. Oh. Will Arnett. He's great. He's Batman, right? Liam Neeson and Brendan Fraser are in it. What the fuck? Stephen Lang is in it. What? (laughs) Maya Rudolph. 
Okay, uh, ready or not? <laughs> so we had to do a wedding movie because Ken's getting married, and Thomas and Ken uh, getting married. Even though, yeah, yeah. Even though um, uh, the film was uh, about marriage, Jack wanted to do this film, and it's his 18th birthday. And I said, either you could have one of my testicles, or you could have me watch this film. And for some reason, he wanted to watch this film. So but you were going to give him one of your testicles for his birthday? What kind of have, fucked up gift is that? You're not doing anything for me. <laughs> okay. In my defense, I have been wanting to watch this movie since it came out because I thought it looked really fun. And you thought it was Margot Robbie as the uh, main character. I actually didn't. I knew it was Samantha Weaving. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so the first trivia fact is Margot Robbie is not in this movie. <laughs> Uh, they designed 17 different versions of Grace's wedding dress because it gets all messed up and they had to make it look messy. Right. Samantha Weaving had to be taught how to drive because she didn't know how to drive. Oh, really? Movie. Yeah. Not, and she's Australian, right? So it might just not, it's not even like the wrong side of the road. She just right. it is. That's Didn't I say? Because her, her right. accent and there, cracks a couple times. Yes. And they're always too drunk to Are drive you? over there. <laughs> Are you? Is that what you're hoping for, Jack? Are you hoping for your first fil- big film role to be learn to learn how to drive? Honestly, or yeah, no interest. Yeah, that'd be nice. It's like a two birds, one stone, or whatever. Oh yeah, is that another animated movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, they weren't allowed to touch the furniture or decorations in some of the rooms because the house is like an ancient, kind of old place, which might explain. Some of the not a lot of action happening in the film, huh? Inside the locations, uh, great locations, but anyway, uh, Margot Robbie was considered for the role, Ooh. but she didn't do it. Yeah, it's, it's there wasn't really anything interesting about this movie. the The directors, it was a director team and a writer team, duo, duo, yeah. whatever. Uh, uh, um, kind of like getting married. You're a yeah. duo. It looks like, like they did a, a segment of VHS, which isn't a very good movie, but has that really one really good segment uh, by Jeremy Bruckner. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, kind of, kind of nothing that interesting. Sorry, guys. I think it was a spec script, and yeah, I got picked up by what's that film collective? That Criterion. In the film. No, no. <laughs> Miramax. <laughs> Kino Club. Uh, I'll, I'll come up with it here in a second. I'll just uh, announce it at some point where it's completely uh, inappropriate. Do you want to summarize the movie? Do you want me to summarize the movie? I, uh, I, I, do we, do we set a timer? I bet I can summarize it in 30 seconds. Okay. Um, that's screen record. I, I don't know how to use I can't this crack thing. My knuckles. My knuckles aren't cracking. God really? Probably because you're a, what do they call it? A beta male? Sorry, I've been listening to a lot of Joe Rogan. <laughs> um, I'm a soy boy. Yeah. Uh, I can't find, where's the Where's the clock app? It just says clock. Oh, man. okay. I found it. It found actually it. is a picture of Stop a clock. Watch. Okay, go. A young woman marrying into a <laughs> yes! very wealthy family who made billions off of games and secretly has a deal with the devil. And on the wedding night, the new member of the family wait, wait, has wait, to wait, draw wait. a card Pause. play a game. It's not the devil, it's just some guy. It's essentially the devil. It, no, it's the devil. No, yeah. it's not the de- It's not the guy from Thief. James <laughs> okay. Con. All right, go on. Continue. 
Uh, the one card that uh, most of them are innocuous games introduce them to the family, but every once in a while they pick the hide-and-seek card, which means the family has to kill them and sacrifice them, otherwise they'll die at dawn. 24 Dying seconds. Dawn. 24 Dying seconds. Woo. That was pretty good. Yeah. And, so, um, one of the one of those. Jack, sorry. Go ahead. Did you want to go? Did you want to go next? I want to hear. Yeah. I'll time you. Yeah, I want to okay. hear. I want to yeah. hear Jack's thoughts on this movie. It's okay. It's, but let me get. I'm getting my. I'm getting. Oh wait, I'm getting my timer going. Okay. Um, okay. You ready? Yeah. Go. Um, it's uh one of those rare movies where the premise is better than the actual movie. Because that never happens. It is a great premise. Cool. And it is nine seconds. <laughs> it is a great premise. It's a pretty good cast. Um, it is really funny and entertaining. Uh, there's not much to it other than the concept. I um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pretty harsh on this one. Uh, because I think it would be funny to be pretty harsh on it. But yep. it's actually not that bad. It's it's pretty fun. It's. It's it's yeah, more funny than it is scary or exciting. Yes. The, the funny parts are probably the best part of this movie mm-hmm. because after a while you just feel that um, not Margot Robbie. It, it, it's, it's by the third act. It's like, man, we just have seen her get the shit kicked out of her for the last hour. That's the thing. It's, it's is a little she, unpleasant by the ne- end. Yeah, she never – she gets – you get that catharsis at the end. And I, I would say that the first half, like the setup of the story and the first part where she realizes what's going on is really good. And the ending twist is really good, but that that meaty stuff in the middle, where usually in a movie like this, like like you want there to be some you know some action and some gore and some scares and some some stuff, but it's her kind of just running around a field from this Getting butler bru- guy, brutalized for an hour of the movie. It's really not that so, fun. Yeah, was this your first time watching it, Ken? Yeah, and I, I that part of the movie I don't like. Um, my main complaint is the Schumacher green. Uh, that the cinematographer felt the need to put in almost every scene. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, it's not a good color. Wait, you're comparing this to Eight and a Half by Schumacher? I'm I'm comparing it to Schumacher's entire filmography and his love of people. I would say the lighting. I would say the way the way it's shot is pretty nice on the eyes. I liked it. Well, the the actual uh, I mean the actual shooting and cutting is fine, but um, every once in a while there's an out doors scene and they have this garish green highlight and it just and you're like reaching towards the screen and then you have to like pull your hand back like the great gatsby the green light Uh, daisy yes Yes, the green light and great great gatsby yeah with leo yeah and he gets mauled by a bear or just the it was also based off an rl stein book i believe Um, (laughs) from the 1920s uh so yeah, I think that, I think let's let's I guess if we want to run through it quickly, but uh, I think the first fifteen minutes of this film, the setup are pretty nice and tight. Mm-hmm. I think that the goat pit scene is quite good, Blech. and ultimately, it's not worth. This is my second time watching, and it wasn't worth watching a second time. <laughs> uh, I, I the <laughs> the family members and the other spouses that have been introduced to the family, particularly the uh, the the uh, crossbow guy, the crossbow guy, and his his. <laughs> coke uh, addicted wife who keeps making a mistake really funny yeah when yeah she keeps really shooting funny. the servants That's, that that guy is Kristen brune and he's from orphan black he's uh the suburban version of orphan black if you haven't seen it spoilers uh her husband and that yeah. guy is fucking hilarious yeah yeah he, his... he and his wife are very funny and the fact they keep accidentally killing maids yes yeah. and and um 
At one point, they, they, someone does mention, I think it's the brooding alcoholic brother that it's true what they say, the, the rich really aren't like other people. Um, there's some really, there's some really clunky dialogue in this, but it's done in the way that's like, you're going into this knowing that it's going to be a really heavy handed movie. And the way that it's presented is so much like a satire that I, yeah, I didn't mind any, any of the clunk. It was, it was fun. Yeah, I just I, wish that the middle portion yeah. had more, cause none, basically none of the evil family members die until the very end. And when yeah. they do, it's funny, but in that middle part of the movie, you kind of want, you always get, uh, like get out. You get to that point at the end of the, the second act. to that movie. Yeah. You get to that point at the end of the second act where he's trapped. There's nothing he can do. They have the upper hand. Oh, wait, Thomas, have you seen Get Out? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, spoilers for Get Out. And there's no way he's going to get out of this situation. But then in that third act, he uses everything that he can do against them to yes. his advantage. And it's really satisfying when he's fighting his way and getting out of the house. It's not dissimilar to the movie we just talked about, People Under the Stairs. Right, when he comes back. The expectation yeah. is is that all the, the visual and uh, story cues that we and the protagonists have learned that they're eventually going to use it. Right. And it, it never happens. And uh, it's the biggest flaw of the movie. But Get Out, I, I thought about Get Out this movie because th- that had to be part of the pitch. Uh, because as far as... Strat- get Out, get out, but for uh, Australian? <laughs> no, but, no, but it's, 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 it's satirical. Um, it's, it's also, it has some gore and, and, uh, it, it makes, it's trying to make a social point. I don't know how well it makes it. It makes it pretty Does crudely. It, it makes it? it crudely, but it's, I think it's pretty effective. I'd say it's, it's I funny. Think, I don't. I, so, uh, Samantha Weaving, I think gives a great performance. Yes. When her um, accent's not I, slipping. I like her. It slips a couple times. Hey, you try to do an Australian accent for an hour and a half. She has a, she she has an accent coach that she works with, so I, there's no excuse. I don't have an accent coach. To well, work she with. was also, you know, she's Australian, so she's probably, you know, it's safe to say, blackout <laughs> drunk the entire time. <laughs> I mean, and she's also not doing her uh, what Thea Preston uh, impression. Like she's not Ted's daughter or Bill's daughter from the Bill and Ted movie. Isn't that her? I have no idea. I, I, I don't know her. what you're so, talking so, about. Uh, uh, piggybacking what Jack was saying about those expectations, there's also early in the movie where they talk about her having been in foster homes. So you think, oh, she has some yeah. background that is going to lead to her getting the upper hand yes. on these assholes uh-huh. at some point. And during the course of the movie, I, I kept waiting for that, and it really never you happened. You want that moment where your protagonist has been, you know, battered and berated and attacked by by these horrible people that you really do hate over the course of the story. Yeah. And you really want there to be that turning point where they get the upper hand. And there, it feels like it kind of wants to have its cake and eat it, too. That old expression. Yeah. Because there's that shot of her, like the, the hero shot with the converse and the tattered dress and the shotgun. But then it's like, oh... She puts in the giant bullets, and it's like, oh, she's going to kill some people. But then yeah. it's like, oh, the bullets were just for display. And it's kind of like, it kind of feels like a Game of Thrones thing of like... Or they filmed it in the house, and they could... They weren't allowed to destroy anything. Exactly. They weren't, weren't allowed to explode but, a servant. Right. I guess to that, yeah. Um, there's Nothing in this film really does double duty, right? Like, you would think that the only reason that the... Um, 
uh, orphan thing comes up or the foster home thing comes up is because she wants to be part of a family. Yeah, right. Like that's all. That's only. That's only. And Andy McDowell is able to manipulate that, uh, presumably. But like, there's yeah, there's not any more depth to it, and it doesn't have a dual function, plot wise, right. or even character wise. And but I, one of the things I I find upsetting about this, um, unlike um, full like warning, Big Ed. I can kill you right now. I don't want to do that. I, I don't want anybody to die. She's going to straight up shoot the butler, who she doesn't even know is part complicit with all this. Right. right? I no, he totally is. But she, okay, we as the but, audience, but we know, know that. we might know that. We might know that as the audience, but she doesn't know that. Right. And she isn't shooting. Like I would shoot him maybe in the foot. So no. I wait a second. So right? the entire or house the is closed down. The entire family is walking around with weapons. And he is whistling, making tea. And okay. you're you're, okay. you're saying that <laughs> she does. She's like, oh, he might be innocent and just innocently making tea and not understand why none of the Kenneth. windows or doors open. Kenneth. No, I think it's bullshit. He, she knew he had Kenneth. it coming. Kenneth, he had it coming. We have another character in that film who who in the dumbwaiter who uh, does not mm. know what's going. Yeah, on. Yeah, that's true. That's so. That's a plot hole. Then if she doesn't know what's going on, that's the fault of the writing. Eh. They're like disposable. They're like and the so, uh, Star Trek like guys. Oh my god! In Star Trek, like red shirts in Star Trek, are typically uh, the one black guy on your cast in a horror movie. <laughs> first people to die are the are the staff, with one exception, right? The, uh, because when a cocaine uh, fires her gun, uh, she accidentally kills. I think one of the rich people to start with. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, we gotta get the, we gotta get the help here to to clean it up." And then by the end, the help's all dead, so they can't. There's nobody. Clean right. Up. Oh, and I, another thing that I do really like about it is how incompetent the rich people are. Because I feel like usually in a story like this, you'd have them be all like badasses who can you know track her throughout the house and through the woods or whatever. But they keep fucking up, and even the dad and the grandma with the axe who are like the totally whatever, who are totally into it, they are total fuck-ups who you can tell they've never fought a person a day in their lives. They've barely ever fired a gun. They've barely ever worked a day and, in their lives. Yeah. <laughs> it's and pretty... if it mattered that much, that occasionally, like, the aunt had to kill her uh, her husband, because that's the last time they did this, that's where you get the opening scene. Right. Um, where, uh, if that were the case, you would think that there would be, like, backup. Right, like they would, they would be training, or the if it was that important, yeah. you were going to die if you weren't able to kill somebody, then you wouldn't just let it all be like kismet or happenstance. That's you true. You would go after. You would be. You'd have at least one person. You're like, hey, you're the person who makes sure that the person dies. Let's train you from birth to be the Terminator or Rambo. Yeah. To or 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 um, John, or is it John Carter? No, that's the guy from Mars. It goes to Mars. <laughs> I'm thinking of from. From Terminator, they send back that John. John Connor. John Connor. I'm looking Connor, for John Connor. John Wick. John McClane. John McClane. Whoa. John Wick and John Was Connor in the a... same movie? <gasps> Whoa. Whoa. Oh, man. And Nobody and Pig all teaming up. <laughs> <laughs> the Avengers we need. Right. Yeah, I, I actually don't think that the movie is that bad, though. It's just the part that really frustrated me was her never getting the upper hand. And yeah. That sequence, that whole well, sequence where the upper butler... hand, she does get the up, she does get the upper hand in like one of the best scenes, which is 
she's hiding out. She gets out. She's hiding out. She's in a goat barn. Yes. And this kid comes in and she's like, oh, young boy, are you kind of lost or you're going to be my nephew or something? And he shoots her. And he right. shoots her through the hand. Not expecting that at all. Him, right? Yeah. Yeah. She punches him. So it's completely unexpected. And then she somehow falls backwards into the goat charges her black Philip. Yeah, the uh, oh, okay. the pit from uh, no, the, or, the pit from Hot Fuzz. Yes, the catacombs <laughs> from Hot Fuzz, where it's the great big bushy beard. Right. It's the uh, <laughs> the guy who got beard. shot in the opening sequence. Yes, and and you know because they keep cutting back to this nail. And because she has a hole in her hand, she's going to have to use a <laughs> oh, yeah. hole in her hand. You know the moment you see it. That was so awful. But, Uncalled but, for. No, 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 no. I thought that that... And then she tapes herself up. And I thought that that whole sequence was the only thing in that later half of the movie, which was enjoyable. But also reminded me briefly of Green Room. Mm. That's, and I was like, I love Green Room, so maybe right. this movie is not complete trash. That so. That's another thing that I was thinking of while watching this, because I was thinking of the great, like, like Green Room and Get Out and even, like, uh, like funny games. Like, those great, like, one-location horror thrillers where it's really tense Bottle, the whole time. Yeah. And you don't, you know, you don't know how the main characters are going to get out of it alive. And this felt i mean it was fun like it had fun sequences like this but it's totally tensionless yeah i mean you you could also say like the the um the haunting of of hill house or haunted Mm. haunted house movies where where people have to stay in a haunted house overnight which are similarly a single location right um yeah i i i when you say that they weren't allowed to do a lot of stuff in the house a lot of this movie makes a lot of sense doesn't it um I wonder what kind of concessions they had to make in the script. Well, the original script, Grace just gets sacrificed at the end, and the producers made them change it. Really? Yeah. Which makes sense, because the way she gets out is the guy... the So the alcoholic brother poisons all them, and they're literally vomiting up blood, and then they get away, and she's like, did you kill them? And he's like, no, they'll shit weird for a week, but they're fine. It's like, dude, if you're vomiting up blood... You're you're dead. I don't care what anyone says. No, you're says. not. I've I've, dude, uh, Jack. At some um, and many a few years from now, you'll start drinking um, with reckless abandon. Uh, if genetics have anything to do with it, and you will puke blood occasionally. Don't talk it's about fine. his mom that way. I don't. <laughs> Give me a break. So, well, she's Australian. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to my mom, who's she, definitely she, listening to this. Wait, your mom's Australian? I thought you were saying that the actress could have drank uh, anything and been fine. It's like the <laughs> bride. Yes. Well, it's because, you know, uh, at birth, they, they take the Australians uh, uh, to, like, the the uh, uh, baby ward, right? But they give them all kinds of doses of uh, venom. So they give them spider venom, tarantula hawk venom, snake venom. I'm serious. They inject they inject them with little doses yeah. of it so that they have yeah, immunity. I so back to and the they movie. don't cut the nuts off their their baby boys. <laughs> my my problem they with the different there. My problem with the ending is um, at dawn they they're like oh we 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 die at dawn something happened to another rich family in the same circumstances with a deal with the devil, and then. Um, she manages to escape a couple times with a bunch of bits of business, and then it's dawn, and they open up the curtains, and they're they're like shying away like vampires. Really funny. And and nothing happened. 
And it was like, oh, well, they're going to have to deal with the consequences of their actions of having yeah. believed in something. And it's great. Yeah. And then uh, they all end up exploding. No, I love the twist. The well, twist is amazing. It is, it is funny with them exploding, but there is a moment where they have to contend with everything they did. It's like being faced with the consequences I think that moment of their actions. Is, I think that moment is enough because once the grandma raises the axe or the aunt. Aunt, aunt Lori Petty. I don't know if that's Lori Petty who played the end, but it wasn't. Um, okay. and she she explodes, and for a moment it's like, wait, is the alcoholic brother alive and he has like a shotgun or something? But then after that, they all start exploding, and I don't know. I I appreciated it as a good twist after a a long third act that dragged on for way too long. Yeah, and then the twist with her her groom husband. Uh, eventually siding with the family. If you didn't know that that's what was going to happen in the third act from the very first 10 minutes, then you've never seen a movie. You've never seen a movie. Thomas, you hated the twist. I I've heard. I, what twist? Oh, I saw the train movie, and so this was pretty fascinating. Are you talking talking about Um, the chubby checker (laughs) biopic? The, uh, what's, uh, what's, um, What's fascinating to me, and I didn't know this, Jack, you said, uh, if there was a different ending, then that's a fascinating film, right? And I would be so upset if I was the writer of this. It gets bought, and then they're like, hey, instead of killing her at the end, she's going to live, and we're going to blow everybody up. <laughs> uh, you've seen they're The like, Player, right? But Richard, the, e, Richard E. Grant's uh, movie with the... Uh, no. Oh, the you're player? right. That's a great movie. Yeah. It, yeah. It's essentially that. Yeah. Anyway. You've never seen The Player? I thought the player was, uh, um, what's his face? Altman. Yeah, Alt Dog. Yeah. But Richard E. Grant has a movie in the movie. It's meta. Yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they talk about like it comes down from the sky where they're pitching it to him. Yes. Uh, and he's like, like, and she dies. Yeah. They're no, they're <laughs> not going to, the, the main character dies at the end. They are not going to budge on that at all. And then the movie ends with a, a rapturous screening of it where Bruce Willis saves Julia Roberts in yeah. the gas chamber. I thought that 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 film inside the film reminded me of um, the Clint Eastwood film with Speed Zoo in it. Yes. Oh my God. True yes. Crime. Totally. Which came, which came out like eight years afterwards. Wasn't that like a 1999 film? Yeah. Mm-hmm. True crime. Exactly. Yeah. So and maybe they saw that. Uh, They're like, hmm. That would actually make a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's let's fill it in with uh, Clint Eastwood with somebody half his age. All right, <laughs> we got it, and we're going. Um, so uh, no, the I think wouldn't that be a fascinating film? Like, so you wrote this film where like these rich people go through this horrible thing, uh, they kill somebody, and then they don't know for sure whether or not they had to or not. Mm, right. Which is the same thing as if they didn't explode, right? Like, and then you're like, wow, how do we live with this? We killed that woman's husband <laughs> way back when. Uh, boy, do I have. It's like that uh, Norm Macdonald sketch where uh, Satan tells this guy to chop up his whole family. And so he shows back up like a week later. And he's like, hell, Satan, I I have this burlap sack. My whole family chopped up in it. I, I chopped them all up. Like you said, oh, dark Lord, I put them here in this sack. And and then Satan interrupts him and pulls off the mask. And is like, hey, it's me, Bob. <laughs> and, and the guy's like, oh, Bob, yeah. <laughs> got me there i have a whole family here sack because i thought you were oh boy oh boy right it was just his friend but he thought it was satan the whole time yeah 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 i got that 
Yeah. Uh, it could have been like the ending of my favorite movie ending of all time, The Graduate, where it's like all this frenzy and all this action. And then once it's over and they've killed her, they all have to kind of look at each other. And, Be like, wow. Hello, wow. darkness, my old friend. Exactly. Or it could have been like my favorite movie ending, Strozek, where there's some sort of animal doing a dance. That's your all-time favorite movie ending? It's the best one. It's pretty good. Uh, anyway, I overall, I have basically criticized this movie the whole time we've talked about it. I thought it was pretty fun. We'll never watch it again. Um, I'm gonna have to I would have yeah, I would have appreciated seeing more over the course of the story more maybe I'm just a sucker for you know squibs and action and stuff but more rich people really getting it you know yeah and they really don't yeah you need to have some uh, uh transgressive getting back at the man and yes much like get out has that yeah exactly yeah I mean he he gets his against right. those fuckers and she does not um they kind of get it's kind of their own fault because, as you said, they're kind of incompetent. If they're halfway competent, she's dead. Right, right. So she's not really heroic in any way. Uh, it's just that they're terrible at what they do, which is a commentary in some way. In itself, yeah, I guess. I, I it, yeah, yeah, it's it's an okay movie. Uh, it, for yeah. for what it was, it, it was good. Ago, I saw it a year ago um, in October as part of uh, my current and then wife's uh, <laughs> thirty-one days of horror. Um, and we just got married like three months prior. And it was interesting to see a movie about in-laws, which is how the movie ends, is with uh, Samantha Weaving lighting a cigarette on the steps and someone like, what happened here? And she says, in-laws. Great ending. Um, I thought she yeah, was going to say, I, I got married. I'm sorry, Kenneth. <laughs> yeah. Having watched this film, is there anything instructive? A little bit like our man series where we talk to Jack at the end of the film. That's about, right. I am has a, he learned, are there any man lessons? Do, are you getting any ideas? Are you going to do anything different? Well, I'm a little concerned, um, and I might have to track down the screenwriters because I might be related to them because in some ways it felt like a documentary of my own family. So um, I'm going to have to do some digging on that. Right. I don't know who they are, but they definitely stole uh, family tradition from me. Because my family, we're all billionaires that own three sports teams. and That's how I have so them. many houses. Yeah. The lore deepens. Uh, no, I did not learn anything. Um, <laughs> I did not learn anything about getting married. You sound like me graduating high... No, wait. You... Never mind. What? You graduated? No, I dropped out, actually. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't learn a damn thing. Great. <laughs> Podcast over. Podcast over. Do you have Google reviews? Oh, shit. Or, or I do. Letterboxd reviews? I have, I have both. Or Amazon reviews or Yelp reviews? I have a mini. Let's see. Gavin Deal gives it two stars. It was good until the end when people be began exploding. That was a little too far, in my opinion. Roberto Garcia gives it three stars. I haven't seen the movie, but I like the poster. It's a pretty good poster. Uh, Letterboxd. Lauren gives it four stars. Marks didn't anticipate this, but he would be happy. Little Michael Mann shout out there. Hey, was that Michael Mann? Might have been. Hunter Strawberry gives it four stars. As far as in-laws go, this wasn't that bad. <laughs> and hey, he told a joke. <laughs> and Wesley R. Ball gives it three and a half stars. What a weird Converse commercial. <laughs> we saw a couple of them this week. Yes, that's true. Yeah. 
Uh, get back at the man by buying Nike-owned uh, Converse All Stars. Right. Well, those Chuck Taylors don't actually—they don't actually make them anymore. So they had to custom make them for the movie in that color. Fun fact: IMGb. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh. gross. Um, <laughs> that would be cool as uh, if there was a pentagram for the star for the Converse star. Mm. Ooh, that's a good idea. That'd be cool. Didn't little little Nas X do a? Oh yeah, he put like human blood in a shoe. A funny guy. Oh yeah, it's yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, he's I great. do that like occasionally music. on my long runs. <laughs> right. Does that help? Uh, I mean, no, not really. <laughs> it, it, it attracts sharks if you're ever doing a triathlon. <laughs> Doesn't help. I mean, I guess you only have to be faster than the uh, next fastest person. Right. But yeah, it's like that movie Jaws. You ever see that? No. Pretty weird. Jaws. You mean the guy? Is from... that a spinoff from the uh, James Bond film? Oh my god! You you guys both had essentially the same joke. Yeah, I was I was just teeing up on that one. Nice. Anyway, that's it. Um, well, happy birthday, Jack. Uh, thank you. Uh, happy Halloween, listeners. Happy Halloween and yes. um, happy congratulations, Ken. Yeah, congratulations, oh. Ken and Thomas. Thomas is marrying Ken, so <laughs> congratulations to all of us. Um, uh jack i have some bad news on that though you were trying to get me to work in some quotes from industrial society in its future <sighs> oh that's a great idea i should do that he has some great uh, quotes so in maybe there. I, I i they're trying to keep it nice and tight so maybe you should do that save that for the um reception no i for, uh, for I, the speeches. I was actually struggling with my speech and you saying that has given me some inspo okay. so thanks thomas yeah thanks thomas thanks a lot what Hey, hey, wait, thank wait. you, Teddy. Right? Like, shout out Ted if you're listening, but he doesn't really know how to use computers. So. Yeah. Yeah. He's also wrongfully imprisoned. And he, he killed some people. He killed some people who deserved it. Just kidding. Just kidding. ATF, FBI, CIA. NSA. I am completely... <laughs> Former KGB. What's the joking. KGB called now? I don't know. The KGB? Yeah, there's a reason you're not allowed to go to Mississippi, right? You're on that no-fly list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mississippi will let anybody in, too. What about Mr. Sippy? All right, let's end this podcast. All right. Happy Halloween. Bye, listeners. Listener. Listener. (laughs) Bye, Thomas. Bye.